0: This is a special edition of Minnesota Native News, COVID-19 Community Conversations with host, Leah Lem. COVID-19 Community Conversations is supported by a grant from the Minnesota Department of Health.
1: Hello, I'm Leah Lem. Great, and thank you for joining me for more conversations, more explorations about how Indian Country in Minnesota is responding and adapting to the current pandemic. Today on the show, how has Indian education in Minnesota adapted to the pandemic? We'll hear from Indian education staff who are passionate about serving students in the ISD 318 school district located in Itasca County. Jessica Bobrowski is enrolled at Fond du Lac and is from Deer River, Minnesota. She's currently the program coordinator for ISD 318 Indian Education, and she writes that the goal for ISD 318 Indian Education is to provide hands-on learning experiences for all students that introduce the Ojibwe culture and history. And she's also joined by Ella Cummings, who is a student advocate at the Grand Rapids High School, also with Indian Education. But first, in early March, Governor Walls joined others to celebrate the approval of the Johnson & Johnson vaccine. The governor took a moment to reflect on how much has changed in the last year.
2: We're here today to celebrate. Um, again, it's, it's, it's almost mind-boggling that it, it'll be a year ago on this coming Saturday that the first confirmed case of COVID showed up in Minnesota. And we were trying to figure out what this was. How do you get a test to show what it was? What are we going to do about PPE when we started to just find out that there wasn't a national storage set of this? And, and how would we prepare for someday? And I can remember talking about it and the experts telling me there will more than likely be a vaccine. It's not a guarantee. We're still chasing that on some things. Um, but it could be years. Um, that's the typical timeline. We are. One and a half million doses given. Nearly a million Minnesotans um, have uh, have been done with this. And we're here to celebrate Johnson & Johnson's uh, delivery of the vaccines to Minnesota.
1: A whole year has passed since the start of the pandemic, since COVID-19 reached Minnesota. But things are looking brighter. And one of those bright spots throughout this past year has been the consistent and continuous attention and care from those who work with our students including Indian education in ISD 318. I'm happy to share my conversation with two of those people, Jessica Bobrowski and Ella Cummings. They do so much for our youth, and we'll hear more about that soon. And a significant partner is the Itasca Community College, which helps Indian Ed create a great experience with powwows, career days, and quiz bowls. But this year, of course, looked a bit different. Here's our conversation about Indian ed during a pandemic year. Could you please, for me, introduce yourself? I'll have Ella go first. Boozhoo, Ella Cummings, Indigenous cause. Um and
3: Maji and Donna Key. I'm Ella Cummings, and I live in Grand Rapids, Minnesota. I work at the Grand Rapids High School as the student advocate for Indian
1: education. Thank you. And Jessica? Uju
0: and
1: Good morning.
0: My name is Jessica Babrowski. I am from Deer River, Minnesota, and I work for the Indian Education Programming as the program coordinator.
1: Can you share with us what Indian Ed does? Uh, what does it provide? How does it support the students? Just as its mission. So as our
0: Indian education program in Grand Rapids School District, the school district has about 3,900 and I believe 74 students total. And out of that 3974, we have 397 Native American students who are involved in the Indian education program. That's K, that's pre-K through 12 Grand Rapids and Big Fork. Um, Indian education provides everything from student school supplies, to tutoring, to social emotional areas for students to come to and work. Oh, golly. We provide family liaison support. We attend special education meetings everywhere. So we're a wraparound service for our Native American students. We're that place where the families can go, where the students can go to feel comfortable and have a good relationship with the school district. Is there anything
1: you want to add, Ella?
3: I guess my specific goals here at the high school. I help students academically, social emotional, as Jessica mentioned, and culturally we do, you know, various language culture activities in my room. And then the thing that's kind of unique to the high school level is that college preparation. Oftentimes people will ask me, well, what is your job? What do you do? And just as Jessica described it, it is a wrap-around. It's like, this big catch-all position, it's kind of like, it's easier to tell you what I don't do or can't do because mm-hmm. we really we really just do anything and everything in our power to help these kids. And it's, you know, at the end of the day, it's just about student success. Mm-hmm. Whatever that looks like on that given day, it's different day to day.
1: Right. <laughs> That's a big word, success. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Could I have both of you maybe talk about uh, what Indian Ed looked like a year ago now? How did Indian Ed rise to the occasion and uh, support the students? So I'll start with Jessica. So
0: let's start from starting with in-person school and our students being present here in our classrooms, doing activities together, working together together collaborating with other places to bring in services for our students. Then we get to the pandemic where our classrooms become empty. Our program becomes distant. We are finding new ways to incorporate Indian education into the classrooms, but yet not to overwhelm and to be respectful to the teachers because this is their first time teaching in a pandemic. So Indian Ed had to look through a new lens and figure out a way that we could still incorporate our services in a much different and wider way. So our classrooms remained empty. One or two students would be in our classroom for a period. We started going into the classrooms to do more classroom presentations instead of just focusing on our Indian education students. So that way we gave full group, instead of just individualized, that would be in our room. We went through our list of students and seen who had the highest needs, academically, socially, emotionally, just around this. We have this criteria of three different things we looked at in students. And so what Indian Ed did when we went to distance learning was we created learning hubs, elementary, middle school, and high school learning hub. And we chose students who needed that one-on-one tutoring time during the week with their teacher or with title or some kind of other services. We provided services to those students. They came in as a regular school day during distance learning with Indian education. All of our field trips were cut. So we were no longer allowed to take any field trips with the kids. Um, Our bigger events were canceled. And we just gave this time to support our teachers and see how our teachers wanted our help. In the classrooms and what they wanted us to provide, and this was at an elementary level. Ella will give a more perspective from the middle school, high school level because they run
1: a little differently up there. Great, thank you, Ella. Would you like? Would you like to continue?
3: So, looking at a year ago to now, um, so last spring, kind of how we adapted. Um, Jess and I created a school Facebook page for my high school age students, um, just as an additional venue for them to communicate and stay in touch. Um, it was not our personal Facebook page. Um, so that was really nice. I would try to do, that's the school bell. I'm sorry. That's
1: fine. (laughs) 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 Um, We'll keep it in. (laughs)
3: Okay. <laughs> a life in the day of the high school. <laughs>
1: exactly. Um,
3: so it was just an alternative way, one more venue to communicate with kids there. You know, they always have their cell phones at their fingertips. And mm-hmm. so I thought Facebook might be a nice way um, to really have that additional just venue for them. Um, they would Facebook message me. Um, I would still email with students too, but just I found with some students, that was a preferred method of communication. And I would try to put out a live Facebook video um, just to check in with kids. They could see me, um, comment on the video. And last spring, it just it was really kind of a, a day-by-day type of a situation. Obviously, we had never done anything like that at that point. So then now this school year, things have looked quite different. We've had students in person. You know, kind of on and off throughout the school year, we've done the hybrid model, we've done the in-person model, and we've done the complete 100% distance learning model as well. So, with how we've kind of adapted this school year, um, when we were on distance learning, it was it was interesting because it was a little bit of um, a silver lining. I actually started doing a weekly Ojibwe language lesson with the kids, and it was by theme. So near Thanksgiving time, we did various foods and kind of words related to, you know, thankfulness and family. Um, And then, you know, I've done colors, I've done weather words, I've done feelings. Um, So that's kind of, you know, something nice that stemmed out of it, because I'm not a teacher, I'm a student support advocate. So I do language with students, but not really official lessons Um, Mm -hmm. and so that was nice it actually kind of led me to develop a little bit more language lesson with our students and just just kind of touched a little bit on the field trips that's been different not having our field trips we in a typical school year we do college visits career fairs those types of things to help the high school age students with that college preparation and just getting them ready to look at the next step when they graduate you know, that's looked differently this year, not being able to do the field trips, um, you know, having some virtual presentations with various college representatives. Um, We did for a cultural field trip this fall, we did a live streaming of Larry Yazzie, who was in person performing at the Rife Center, um, but it was a virtual event. So our students were able to participate in that and it just field trips look different this year.
1: You're listening to a special edition of Minnesota Native News, COVID-19 Community Conversations. COVID-19 Community Conversations is supported by the Minnesota Department of Health. I'm Leah Lem. And today I'm speaking with Jessica Bobrowski and Ella Cummings. We're talking about how Indian Ed and ISD 318 is doing. Here's the rest of our conversation. And we'll start by referring to the seven grandfather teachings, wisdom, love, respect, bravery, Honesty, humility, and truth. So my kid brings home a lot of uh, cute pictures and uh, some teachings from Indian ed, including the, the seven teachings, seven grandfather teachings. Do you mind one of you perhaps giving an overview and how you see them working in the schools uh, and especially during the pandemic?
0: So one of the reasons that we chose the seven grandfather teaching was because of all of the North American Indigenous teachings. These teachings are the most commonly shared from coast to coast. Um, so when we talk about our seven grandfathers teaching in the elementary level and middle school level, we incorporated into the principles of what the school has already established, such as being respectful. Mm-hmm honest of those areas. So when we can take bravery and you talk to a student about bravery, Mr. Goodwin does a great job of it. Every single week on the announcements, he'll introduce a grandfather teaching. We'll work on it throughout the month. He speaks Ojibwe, gives them the Ojibwe meaning of it. Um, And how we can incorporate that in our pandemic time, bravery how can we do that with in a time of a pandemic be brave he'll give examples to the students we can brave be brave and help others then we look at wisdom just sharing stories and listening to you, to others especially in times when we're looking at the vaccination right now and we're looking at different things everyone has different opinions on that and this listening to stories sharing stories and really respecting everyone's decisions that they're doing. Mr. Goodwin does a great job of explaining different different situations to students, whether it be walking in the lunchroom to how we can go home and be respectful to our parents, how we can be respectful to somebody, let's say they're on quarantine. Sometimes the classrooms will get stuff together to send home for that family. They zoom in with those students, they offer any kind of assistance that they need. Ella, you want to jump on
3: in? Yeah, when you were talking about bravery, Jess, um, one thing, I guess, to apply the teaching of bravery to my high school students. So many kids are not a fan of the virtual distance learning, which entails a lot of um, Zoom classroom time. And I have a lot of students who are uncomfortable with that. And I think across the board, even, you know, with the rest of the student body and not just our Indigenous youth, that that's really common. Um, They feel uncomfortable being on a Zoom video. They think, you know, their classmates are watching and they don't want to ask questions. And so, you know, that's one area where I've seen bravery in students is they've had to you know overcome that fear and that discomfort of doing the zoom videos and participating in a lesson through zoom because that's that's what the option is you know that's the only way when we were on distance learning for them to get that lesson and so to be successful they they did have to overcome that bravery and they're so resilient it's just you know it's it really blows my mind um Thinking about if this was me when I was in school, like how would I have handled this as a kid? How would I have handled this as a student? And I'm just really proud of the bravery and the resilience that I've seen. And they just persevere and stick with it. Um another thing, Jess kind of touched about respect and just being respectful of, you know, everybody's unique decision and how they're handling this COVID pandemic and. One thing we've talked about a lot is mask wearing and, you know, by wearing a mask in school, it's required. And so by wearing a mask, it's, you know, it's a sign of respect. We're doing what we've been asked to do and it's honestly keeping ourselves safe. And it's also keeping those around us safe, which, you know, then you can also segue that into love as well, because, you know, and we love people, we respect them, we keep them safe. and. So it's really it's it's really interesting just the way that you can tie the seven grandfathers gifts or teachings really into any situation any aspect there's never a wrong time to bring in one of those lessons and it's truly just to live your life day to day all seven of the teachings are probably incorporated in your daily life
0: and it actually gave our students a chance to use honesty mm-hmm. and start speaking for themselves with their teachers, giving their teachers a better understanding of what they're getting in class, what they're not getting in class, what they're struggling with, what they need that extra help with. Mm-hmm. And it really gave them starting to fill themselves up with the power to know that mm-hmm. and advocate for themselves at times when needed.
1: Um, I love uh, hearing people who care about students gush about them. <laughs> It's so awesome. Is there a um, maybe a specific example, uh, a concrete example that you saw that you'd like to share of a student stepping up and uh, showcasing these teachings?
0: Yep, I have an elementary little boy that I was working with prior to the pandemic happening. And I was given one-on-one interventions with him twice a day for math and literacy. During the pandemic, he was panicking because he just, Had high anxiety and he's like, I can't do this. He would cry before his Zoom meetings in the morning. I would give him a little pep talk, like, come on, we got this. I'll stay on your Zoom class with you all day today. Let's do this before we implemented the learning hub. He was one of our kiddos that came to the learning hub. So he was upstairs with us all day. His anxiety lessened greatly. He would come hopping into school happy. He did not care that there was only four other kids in the classroom with him. And that he was on his iPad in his own classroom at this time, he just wanted to be in school, he just wanted that connection with school. So over the course, we still did his interventions two times a day with him and he did his regular classwork with his teacher. And then in the afternoons, we would do cultural activities and learning hub. We would do cultural activities every afternoon and we implemented the seven grandfathers teachings in all of those cultural activities that they did. We reflect on our day at school and how did we use one of the seven grandfathers' teachings? So one of his responses were, do you know, I actually raised my hand today because why? I actually knew the answer. Mm -hmm. I've never raised my hand in class ever. And this is a second grader. He's like, never once in all my years of school, he's like, did I ever raise my hand to answer a question? And he's like, I was so brave that day. I could not believe it. And his mom gave me a call and she's like, do you know what? He comes home and he's just like, yep, I'm just the bravest kid today. And she's like, I kept wondering, like, what are you saying? Like, oh, you are. And I was just like a parent, like, yes, you were brave today. Good job. Just kind of let it fly over my head. Like, and then we were laying in bed that night. And she said, he was like, do you know why I'm brave today? She's like, as a parent, I never asked him why he was brave. I just kept saying, yep, you are, you are. He's like, mom, I raised my hand today in class. And I answered a math question. I actually finally knew and understood. And he's like, that's why, mom. And she's like, oh boy. She's like, that is, that is. It's not just jumping off of a hill to be brave. She's like. To him, bravery was finally understanding something and sharing that with others.
1: Yay! Oh, that's so cool. <laughs> <laughs> I know it's scary to raise your hand. I know I, ugh, I had trouble with that too.
0: <laughs> and as adults, you really don't think about like a simple thing like that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So
1: you talked about doing a lesson for all the students when you're on distance. Do you both have a perspective on Indian Ed for All? I, I'm just kind of throwing this out there for you. If, if you have a perspective on it or can see the value in having something like Indian education for all students. I think that be, would be very, very special for our school district. We have the Native
0: American students that attend. Some of them, let me give you an example. This little boy had long hair the kids were calling him a girl and teasing him in school. So what we did was we put together some curriculum about why native Americans have long hair. And we actually went into the classrooms and presented this to our classrooms, to all of our classrooms. So everyone had a clear understanding of why. So like, you don't call him a girl, you don't do this. Like this is the reasonings why native Americans have long hair. We have not heard that in our school since we did that. So just educating others and giving others an understanding of the culture. So ISD 318 has a cultural cohort that we do, and it's in collaboration with the Deer River School District. So it's a group of teachers, administration, and parents who come together, and we talk about ways to improve cultural awareness in our schools. How can we come together? How can we do this? Um, We ourselves do some trainings. That we come back and bring back to our teachers and stuff in our in our school. Great. And they reach out. Our teachers are awesome about reaching out and asking questions. We're more, we're way more visible this year. Mm. Our parent committee has worked with the school board to come up with a three-year plan of how to incorporate Indian education in the entire school. Awesome. And so this year was visibility. Um, and just getting out there and our staff is amazing. They get out there, meet the teachers. We're in the classrooms, whether, we be, whether we're doing academics, working with the student in math in the classroom, or if we're taking somebody individually. Otherwise, if we look for culture, mm-hmm. we come together and we are doing wonderful. Eventually in our third year tier, we're looking at more language mm-hmm. and more classes. So as that develops, we'll see more.
1: Very cool. Ella, do you have something to add to that? Yeah,
3: so my answer to your question is a gigantic yes. Like, it is so important for all of our students to learn about Indigenous culture, language, just to have a better understanding. I mean, we are in the heart here of Ojibwe country. And I feel like many, many folks around here just don't know. They just, and that's not. Necessarily their fault or anything like that, but it would be so wonderful just for our youth, you know, to start kind of from the base and work their way up to incorporate some type of Ojibwe culture history into the curriculum. I mean, kids learn world history, but yet we don't learn the history of the area that we live in, the very ground that we walk on every day. And so I just think that would be wonderful for students to learn about the area that we live in and learn about the history of it. I mean, the language is all around us too. Like there are so many words in the area that are Ojibwe that, you know, folks just don't even realize. I mean, Mississippi, Windigo Quadna is a derivative of an Ojibwe word, meaning it is a hill <laughs> by Wabick and Lake Wabana. There's just, there's so much Ojibwe language around us. The culture is around us, but, you know, until we teach those people around us, people can't be faulted for not knowing. And so I think it's so important to provide that opportunity to teach our youth and, you know, then hopefully they'll grow up with a better understanding and just more knowledge and Wisdom, you know, the more, you know, the more, you know, and I think it's very important to somehow find a way to incorporate Ojibwe culture, history, maybe even a little bit of language into our mainstream courses. It's just, we learn so many other things and literally what is right here surrounding us, we don't, we don't learn very much about in the public school district.
1: So my last question is, how has the pandemic informed your work going forward? So even like after the pandemic, whatever that means, um, how do you see your work changing or growing uh, beyond the times we're living in?
0: Um, Learning to implement the Ojibwe knowledge into the greater community by social media platforms using Facebook, Twitter, Seesaw, Mm
3: -hmm.
0: um, different venues like that to get our knowledge out there and that it doesn't need to be just for our students Mm -hmm. here. We We can reach grandparents, we can reach everyone. Indian education also we created an Ojibwe learning site which is actually the back of the middle school. We have a sap boiler out there. We're gonna be boiling sap this year. We're going to be smoking whitefish out there. Kids are gonna come play with some tree stumps and tap them. I'm um, so just be more creative and coming up with ways we can get the kids outdoors still, but in the middle mm-hmm. of town, and bringing the community together so the community can have an experience
1: with yeah. us too. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it and all the work you do too. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you for that. Yeah, we love our jobs, yeah. <laughs> and we love your kids. He loves you. It is so <laughs> cool. <laughs> he is awesome. All right. Jessica Brabowski is enrolled with the Fond du Lac band and is currently the program coordinator for ISD 318 Indian Education. And Ella Cummings is a student advocate at the Grand Rapids High School. Thank you for listening today, Chimiigwech. Indian Education has been a great way for students to receive extra help and support they need, especially now. It's so wonderful hearing from those who care so much for our youth. Until next time, Giga Wabamin, and I wish you health. I'm Leah Lem.
0: Minnesota Native News Special Edition COVID-19 Community Conversations is supported by the Minnesota Department of Health.